Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Hey, everybody. I just feel like it's been so long, and then I feel like it's been like a heck of a year these last two weeks, right? It's been, <laughs> there's just been so much going on yeah, in our world, in our nation, in our city, in our homes. Last week, I wasn't here because our, our house was COVID-infested, and uh, the, the whole lot of us have been uh, dealing with that, and we're all negative now, so you don't have to worry. But um, I was the last one. I got it on Father's Day. Oh. Right? I'm like, thanks, kids. <laughs> this is why I had you. First <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, not too bad in our household, thankfully, and um, like I said, we all... We all came out okay. Uh, unfortunately, Sam is not here this week because he is now uh, in, the, in the throes of it. And so we pray that Sam will recover well. Um, he's, he said that he's not struggling too hard with any particular symptom. He's just going through it. And so he's staying safe and keeping you guys safe so he's not here this week. In the meantime, the Supreme Court has had a busy week too. And um, I don't want to be tongue-in-cheek because I look around this room and I see all these people that I love and people that are on both sides of, uh, of the celebration, whether you're happy or hurt, whether you're angry, or whatever plethora of emotions come out as we process all of what's happening. Um, I hope, my hope is, family, um, that we do this together. And like Brian said, we're a community that talks through issues. We're a community that doesn't, um, you know, we have to deal with this as family. And in your family, you might not disagree with everybody's thoughts, ideas, ideologies, uh, positions. And hot, abortion is definitely a hotbed issue in our country, let alone in our households, when people are extremely passionate about it. So in a family church where um, we, we welcome conversation, we welcome the differences, um, and we have to be able to agree to disagree with one another and still be family and still love and still empathize and still care for one another, and that's how families work. Um, have you guys been enjoying the Genesis series? Yes. It's been pretty cool so far, right? Rick's like, I don't know. I don't know what I think about. 
No, it's good. It's been really cool, but um, we're not going there today. <laughs> I'm going to let Sam take care of that when he comes back next time. But today, we're going to take a break from it, and um, I just wanted to do kind of a basic reset. This is like Jesus on love. Uh, what did Jesus say about love, and why is it important for us right now? So that's what we're going to look at. With everything that's going on in the world, the best thing maybe to do is take a stroll down memory lane and touch on five basic passages in the red letters where Jesus teaches us what love looks like in the kingdom of God. You with me? Father, we thank you again for your love for us. We thank you for our pastor. We ask that you would be with him and Kareen this week, Father, that you would keep their household safe and that uh, recovery and healing would happen soon. And as we pray for healing in Sam's household and anybody in our community who is dealing with health issues and sickness and COVID and all of it uh, that is around us, we also pray for the healing of our country. And um, for all that is happening, Father, we pray for unity in your church. We pray that we would see the kingdom of God break through and so this morning as we gather and we open your word together, we, we pray also, Lord, that you would give us hearts of compassion and wisdom, that you would teach us and remind us and stretch us from these very scriptures that we're going to read. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so let's just get started. If you have a copy of the scriptures, turn with me to Mark chapter 12. 28 through 34, I'm going to read from the ESV, and it will be on the screen as well, and it goes like this. I have five passages. This, this one tells us that love is the most important commandment. Verse 28, and one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he, Jesus, answered them well, he asked, which commandment is the most important of all? And Jesus answered, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one and that there is uh, no other besides him and to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more uh, than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared ask him any more questions? Hey, Evan. When we get to this passage in Scripture, we, before we get here, there's, there's a couple passages where the Herodians were trying to trap Jesus. You might remember that. Um, they're asking, are we supposed to be paying taxes to Caesar because we're, you know, we're, we're not, we're not uh, of these guys. We're not Romans. 
So they're trying to trip Jesus up into how he's going to answer this. And Jesus, uh, of course, in all wisdom, answers them wisely. And then the next verse is the Sadducees trying to trick him as well. Sadducees were other religious leaders, kind of like the Pharisees. They did not believe in the resurrection. So they started asking Jesus about the life to come and marriage and divorce and how that's all going to work in heaven. They're trying to trick him. They weren't really looking for answers. They were trying to trick him up. And he didn't fall for their snares. And so beginning of this, we see that another scribe, maybe a Pharisee, he came up and he heard the disputes going on between Jesus and the Herodians and Jesus and the Sadducees. And he was like, well, I have a question. And seemingly, he asks a legitimate, real question to Jesus. And Jesus answers him. And he's like, hey, we agree on this. And I love that Jesus says, you're not too far away from the kingdom of God. Like, you might just be there. And why is that important? Because he's, the answer is what? That we love God and that we love our neighbor. This is what it looks like in the kingdom, right? And that's what Jesus is saying. You're really close because you understand that this is all about love. This isn't about power or control. It's about love. Which is the greatest commandment? If you read through the, the red letters, you find this, this question comes up quite a few times from different people asking him. In fact, one of the other passages we'll look at, somebody else will ask Jesus pretty much the same question. It's almost like the, uh, you know, what is God's will for my life question of Jesus' day. <laughs> people want to know what's most important. What, what do I have to do? What's, what's the bare minimum maybe that I have to do and still be good with God? And typically, Jesus doesn't give a straight answer. Have you noticed that? <laughs> typically, he'll ask a question in return. And he'll lead the conversation a different direction. But in this case, he tells them what it is. It's, it's what uh, the Hebrew people would call the Shema, that, that sacred prayer that says that, uh, that our God is one God. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. And then he follows it up with love God and love your neighbor. And I wanted to read verse 30 and 31 from the message because the way it translates it, uh, I, I felt just speaks more to me. So verse 30 says, So love the Lord God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence, and energy. And here is a second, love others as well as you love yourself. Love is the most important commandment. It's the number one rule in the kingdom of God. Love God with everything you've got. And love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. Love God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence and energy. Has anyone ever done that? I mean, we, we have good moments, right? We have moments where like this all comes together and we're like, yes. But this is hard stuff. And, and we're only getting started. This is the, the first one, y'all. 
Love God with everything you've got. Passion and prayer and intelligence and energy. What does that even look like? <clears throat> Don't get me wrong. I, I love Jesus. I want to be a better representative for him. I want to love the way he loves. I want to love God with everything, but I fall pretty, pretty short of this. Imagine for you, like literally imagine for you what it looks like to love God with all your passion and intellect. Seriously, think about it. Maybe close your eyes for a second and imagine what it looks like for you. And don't let your mind go all religious and legalistic. Don't go there. But when you really love somebody, what's it like? And when you apply that to God, how does it play out in your life? If you could express your love, your gratitude, with all kinds of passion and intellect and energy, what would you do? Would you sing louder? Would you be his hands and feet? Would you get butterflies whenever he enters the room? Would you let go of grudges? What would you do for the least of these? Number one, love is the most important commandment. Number two, love is our trademark. Jesus says in John 13, verse 34 and 35, he says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Nestled in the story where Jesus has just washed his disciples' feet, he's predicted the betrayal of Judas and the denial of Peter is coming right after this. This song, you know, they'll know we're Christians by our love, by our love. I feel like this is a forgotten verse so often. Jesus says, I gave a new commandment that you love one another. And, you know, this is tough because I personally get really easily agitated and triggered by other Christians. The people that I get most angry at are other Christians. And yet, this is the call that we love one another. And in love, there has to be forgiveness and healing and restoration and reconciliation. <clears throat> because if we are walking around with hatred for our brethren, how can we show the world a better way? I know it's a simple verse. I know it's familiar. But internalize that for just a minute. What does it look like when love for one another is worked out in the real world? What does it look like for people in Upland in 2022 to stand up and take notice of how much we love each other? 
or how much we love the people in our neighborhoods, in our cities. You can't fake that. You can't fake this kind of love. Fake love is not sincere, and it doesn't show Jesus. And I don't have an answer for these. I'm just throwing questions out for you guys that mow over them. But let this idea ruminate, you know, like, like chew on the cut of that for a little bit. We're supposed to be so in love with each other that people go, oh man, these, these are Jesus people. Let's take love seriously for one another and beyond because Jesus said love is our trademark. In the kingdom of God, love is the most important commandment Love is our trademark. And number three, love is full of mercy. I'm going to read from Luke 10, verse 25 through 37. This is the parable of the Good Samaritan. You guys are all familiar with that, I think. 25. And behold, a lawyer stood up and put him to the test. Again, here we go, right? Saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, again, Jesus answering with a question, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And the lawyer said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? I feel like this is like, this is the guy really going, well, who's, this is the minimum. What's the minimum I have to do here? Who's the neighbor I have to love? Like, who, (laughs) just like make it clear for me because I don't have to love everybody, right? Just like get it, like bottom line, tell me who it is. Verse 30, Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, he came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him, bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, then set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took two denarii and gave it to the innkeeper saying, take care of them and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Verse 36, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And he said, the one who showed mercy to him. And Jesus said, you go and do likewise. This guy is just really, he's like, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? <laughs> who's, who's the neighbor I've got to love? And Jesus doesn't give him a simple answer. He kind of takes it to him a little bit. And remember when Jesus tells the story about the man who's fallen in the ditch and was left for half dead, he's answering the question, whom do I have to love? Who's going to be the hero of the story? The priest? No. The Levite? No. 
the Samaritan? See, to a good Jew, these Samaritans were less than human. They would call them Samaritan dogs, right? They called them half-breeds because uh, they intermarried. And um, by this hundreds of years down the line now, um, they intermarried with Assyrians and they were no longer Hebrews. And so the Hebrew people really looked down their nose at these people and these were like the scum of the earth. And, you know, not the people you'd, you'd invite over for dinner. And Jesus makes that man the hero of the story. But he didn't just say, he could have just said from the beginning, you know, who is my neighbor? Well, go love the Samaritans, right? But he didn't do that. He actually tells this lawyer who's putting him to the test to go be like the Samaritan. Because in this story, the Samaritan was the bigger person. In this story, the Samaritan was the one that came to the rescue. And every time I read this, I think, this is Jesus. Like, Jesus is the good Samaritan. Jesus is the Samaritan. Jesus is the one that comes along after everybody else has beaten you and left you half dead in a ditch somewhere. Jesus is the one that comes to the rescue. And he's telling him, he's telling his lawyer, go and be like this Samaritan. Or you might hear, come follow me. Go be like him. Today, maybe more than ever, when you're watching the news or you're overhearing conversations or you're scrolling through your social media and you find yourself wanting to scream, remember that love is full of mercy. It has to be full of mercy. Number one, love is the most important commandment. Number two, love is our trademark. Number three, love must be full of mercy. And number four, love is even for our enemies. Whew. You ready for this? Matthew 5, verse 43. You have heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. He makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even tax collectors do this? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you, what are, uh, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. You, therefore, must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. <clears throat> Jesus raises the bar, doesn't he? First, he tells us to love God and love our neighbor. And we're like, okay, okay, yeah, I, can, I think I can do this. It's going to take some work. I don't know. I'm not quite there yet. But then he drops this bombshell. And he's like, not just God and your neighbors, but even your enemies. Even those Samaritans. I feel like, for me, when I read this, I'm like, wait, I'm still working on the neighbor part, right? I'm still like, love your neighbor as yourself. Like, I'm still working on that. And Jesus says, look at your enemy. <laughs> you know the one. 
Maybe it's someone you work with or someone at school. Maybe it's an anchor on CNN or Fox. You know, you know the one that gets under your skin. Pray for him. Maybe it's a family member or a politician. Pray for them. Love is even for your enemies. Find a way. Find some love. Pray for our country's leaders, even if you can't stand them. Especially if you can't stand them. Pray for the rude lady at the grocery store or the guy that just sold your parking spot. Pray so it can change your heart and keep it from getting hard. Why? Jesus said, because you got to be like your father. And your father loves people, even them. Because God loves you and he loves them. Be like God. Represent him well. Number one, love is the most, excuse me, love is the most important commandment. Love is our trademark. Love must be full of mercy. Love is even for our enemies. And I just have one more. Love unifies us. John 14, 15 through 21. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet in a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live. You will also live. And that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Wow. I feel like um, that, that verse 15 always stands out to me. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. I feel like that's like a, it strikes me as a little bit odd of a, of a sentence. It's like, it's like, hey, if you love me, will you put some money in my bank account? It's like when you say to God, if you will do this for me, be your best friend forever. Right? That's not what he's saying, but I'm just saying this is like, this stands out as like, this is like, what do you mean? If I, is there a condition on this? Because God's love is unconditional. But what he's saying here is really beautiful. This is about unity. This is about unifying. This is about, like, we walk in love together, and you're going to see this. You're going to see how this all pours together and falls in place because I am in the Father and He is in me and I am in you. It's like a Beatles song. <laughs> Cuckoo-cachoo. It's amazing and it's powerful. And this is some beautifully written prose and Jesus is talking to His friends about what's going to happen. And just before we get here, He said, I've prepared a place for you 
so that where I am, you can be too. And just before this happened, uh, Thomas was like, well, just tell us where you're going. Stop, stop being so you know, cryptic about everything. And then Philip was like, well, just show us the Father. Like, if you're one with the Father, just show us the Father. And Jesus was like, really? Really, you guys? Like, after all this time, I am the way. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. We've been over this. And then he gets here. Everything's about to change. Stick to the plan. The helper is coming. I'm not leaving you alone. And later on that day, we will all be one. We will be unified. The Father, me, you. Love will unify us. And all of this, friends, today, our world is a hot mess. I don't know what happens next. It feels like every day I wake up and I'm like, oh, oh, oh. But we don't have the luxury of looking down our noses at the world and watch as it goes to hell in a handbasket. We are called to be peacemakers. Do you feel that? We are called to make peace. We are called to love. The world needs peacemakers. And you've been equipped for that task. So as we go forward today, remember these. Love is the most important commandment. Love is our trademark. Love must be full of mercy. Love is even for our enemies. And lastly, love unifies us. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for your word, for your words that are so challenging and so hard and yet so beautiful and so compelling and so stirring that there's no way we could just read through these things and not be touched or not be challenged or not be uh, provoked to think about how and how and why and, and where and what you will do with all of us. But I pray, Lord, that you don't let us go dormant in a time when the world needs your hands and feet the most. So stir us into action. Stir us into love. And show the world, Father, that you are real right now when we need you most. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Sam wrote in, and I forgot an announcement. <laughs> so, and if I didn't make this announcement, my wife would kill me. Every, because she reminded me before we parted ways. Um, every year we've been doing, on the 4th of July, we've been doing this, this thing for the Upland Police Department. Um, we do gear bags. So we deliver these these bags full of goodies, right? They're, they're things that might come in handy for a police officer. So uh, summertime, so like, you know, chapsticks or hand sanitizers or uh, a granola bar. But the most important part of the gear bags is that we also support local businesses by getting uh, gift cards to their businesses. And this is, again, our attempt at unification and reconciliation between police officers and community, right? We want, we want to be part of this. And so 
Um, we collect the gear bags, we deliver them, the police officers get a gift card for two or three local businesses where they can go get uh, coffee or lunch or something. And um, we want to do that again this year. So we can only do this with the support of the church, of course. So if you guys uh, would like to be part of that, you can go to our website. There's a link that says gear bags on it uh, in the menu, and that'll take you, it'll tell you a little bit about what we're doing. And then uh, uh, there's all these ways to give. So also, I didn't announce that there's ways to give. (laughs) So... Uh, of course, we are a small community uh, with a large reach. We have a lot of people that listen in weekly, so um, we'd like to invite you guys to be supporters of this ministry and this cause, and uh, hopefully <clears throat> through all of your generosity, we can support the local businesses, the Upland PD, reconciliation, and keep the cameras going for weeks to come. So thank you so much, and for you all here, thank you for being with me today, and we pray pray that, that God makes a God-sized dent in our community because of your love. Amen. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.